Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Now let's listen to Pastor Dave Crocker. Well, let me start by asking a question this morning. I would like some input. Name for me, if you can, two things that are inseparable. You can't have one without the other. Any thoughts this morning? Yeah. A car and a key. Well, that can be a problem if you've got a car and you don't have your key. So, yeah. Life and taxes. Guess it depends what part of the world you live in, really, doesn't it? In Australia, that's for sure. Unless you're really wealthy and then you don't pay tax at all. Sorry? Well, Jesus, I just want to lift Adam up to you right now. Dita? Kransky and Salka. We'll have to take your word for that, fella. Gee whiz. Come on. Any any other? Peanut butter and celery. I think you're wrong. Bacon and eggs. They go together. Bunning snag without the onion. Onion on top or on the bottom. Lung and breathe, there we go. Someone who's thinking a bit more laterally this morning. What about in and out? What about up and down? Ah, now we're getting there. Anyone, any others? Sorry, hot and cold? On and off? Oh, I think we've got the picture this morning. There are things in life that are inseparable, like Kerry and Dave. I've tried, she just keeps showing up. This morning I want to talk about one idea that is linked to another idea. It's as inseparable, I think, as in and out. Today I'm talking about the next characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. We've been in this series of unpacking the fruit of the Spirit. First, can you put up that verse in Galatians 5? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Who knows what we're up to? Thank you. One person was here last week and paid attention to the fact that I spoke about kindness. That's actually a different translation. It's flipped. Anyway, I spoke about kindness last week. Glad you're awake. It's a good thing. So, okay, testing time. Who can give me the, any part of two, the two foundational thoughts that we had for the series. Remember when I, I've, every week I've spoken as we've outlined the series, the two foundational thoughts about the fruit of the Spirit that has framed this whole thing up for us. Anyone got one? Pat? Yeah, so either the fruit of the... So that, yep, so it's either love and the rest of it is characteristics or the fruit of the Spirit is that transformation to the image of God of which love and the eight other uh, characteristics. So go, go either way depending on how you interpret Scripture. So we'd often say previously, and I've, I've been down this line, that there are nine fruits of the Spirit, but a more correct reading or understanding of Galatians 5 is that there is one fruit that has many characteristics that the Holy Spirit develops in our lives with the ultimate goal of being transformed into the image of God. Brilliant. Thank you, Pat. The next one's a little bit harder. So you get the gold sticker. You and Steve have just won today. Well done. 
Anyone else? The, the other part of the foundational thought. I'm assuming you'll write it down and you just forgot to bring your notebooks today to look it up. Anyone else? I'll give you the answer because I'm that kind of teacher. That all of us, whether we're Christian or not Christian, have access to those characteristics. That We, we don't have an exclusive right to peace just because we're Christians. And so the thought was that the Holy Spirit allows those things to be present in our lives when they otherwise wouldn't be present. In the midst of turmoil, we can experience peace. That's not normal. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. And the other foundational thought around that is that the Holy Spirit can develop the characteristics in our lives faster than would otherwise be possible because we are becoming more and more like Christ. They were the two foundational thoughts. So today we're talking about faithfulness, but it's impossible to talk about faithfulness without actually talking about faith. They're two sides of the same coin. Faith is belief and assurance of God's word and all that he has done. And faithfulness is living in accordance to that truth. So faithfulness is that belief we have in who God is and what he's done. And faithfulness is when we live our lives that reflect the fact that we have faith in God. In uh, a little while, Kerry and I are embarking on a uh, fundraiser for Cancer Council. You can see our carts, the bright purple one out in the car park that we've been doing some work on. And at the beginning of May, we, we, we take off. And we're, we're driving from uh, here to Perth and then via the Nullarbor and then back from Perth through the Red Centre, uh, country roads, staying in stations and in Aboriginal communities in an effort to raise funds for Cancer Council. We're joining 250 other teams of, of two plus a whole lot of support vehicles and this year's rally's on target to raise $2 million for cancer research. How awesome is that? reason I tell you that is to give you a heads up, I'm gone for a wee while in May, but also as we leave Sydney and, and we, we start heading south towards kind of Adelaide before we, we hook a, a ridey and carry on, many of the roads that we're travelling on, I've never been on before. Once we're a couple of hours out of Sydney in that direction, it's all new for me. We'll be following Google Maps, we'll be looking at road signs, we've got Kerry kind of knows where she's going roughly, so we've got some idea. Hopefully we get there. Who knows? But at some point, assuming our $1,000 car uh, makes it as far as Perth or even close to Perth, we're going to start seeing some signs. And those signs will begin to tell us that Perth is coming. Those signs are not the destination. Those signs are simply an indication that the destination is coming and that if we carry on in the direction we're going, we're on the correct course and we'll get there. That'll make sense in a moment. So how does faith work? Well, I want to get a little bit practical today. As a church, we've been praying for some people who are struggling one of those people is sitting here this morning. We prayed for Shirley last week who has been diagnosed with liver cancer and is facing a procedure quite soon. Many of us in this room are praying for Shirley and uplifting her and the family and, and believing for God to God for a miracle. When we say we have faith, we're saying we believe. We're saying we believe that God can do what God says he can do. That's what faith is. And in a simple term for us this morning, when we say we have faith that God can heal Shirley and others, 
We're saying we believe that God can do what he says he can do. Our faith is not in healing. Our faith is not in the miracle. Our faith is in God. The healing is not the destination that we arrive at. The healing is more like a signpost that points to something further off. It's a signpost that points to who God is. Faith is believing that God can heal. Faithfulness is believing in God even if we don't get our healing. Faith is believing that God can heal, that he can do anything. He's God. Bible says he has the power. So we faith is our believing that God can do a miracle. If we didn't have faith, we'd never even bother praying for Shirley. We'd never ask in the name of Jesus Christ. We'd never sing songs like we've just sung. What's the point? Why sing about this powerful God? Why bother showing up at church on a Sunday morning and, and, and the preacher gets up and talks about miracles and prays for people? We don't have faith. Why bother? But we have faith because we believe that God can do what God says God can do. And then faithfulness is us living that out regardless of the outcome that we experience. It's faithfulness because our faith is based on who he is, not what he will do. I was talking this through with Kerry. She Gave me this great phrase, so I need to give her credit for this this morning. I thought about ripping it off for myself, but I thought I'd have a little bit more integrity. We have faith in something. We, have, we are faithful to something. In this context, we're talking about God. We have faith in God, but we are faithful to God. Two linked but different thoughts there this morning. We have faith in God, when we come and we pray and we trust and we worship and we, we, we cry and we, our faith is in God. And then we are faithful to God. I've, I have absolutely no faith in healing at all. I have a faith in God who can heal. I'm not faithful to him because he has healed me. I'm faithful to him because I believe he is who he says he is. And here's the key thought for this whole message this morning. This one I did come up with all by myself. Faithfulness is faith in its fullness. You like that this morning? Faithfulness is faith in its fullness. Now let me illustrate this for you, give you a a, a visual representation of what this might look like. Jimmy, I need some help. Can you come and and stand with me this morning? Thanks, Jimmy. That would be fantastic. If you could just, yep, just a little bit further forward, just stand about there. That would be fantastic. Thank you. So 
I had the privilege of marrying these guys. We're not doing that again this morning. This is not a surprise bait and switch. You showed up, which I probably should. If I'd known you guys were here, I probably should have had you up. Anyway, I planned it with these guys. At your wedding, I asked you to make a declaration. Do you remember what those words were? Sort of. Yeah, yeah, I do. Just, I, I, I'm not going to say them this morning because I'm nervous, but I remember them word for word. <laughs> this is what I said. James, will you give yourself to Jenny to be her husband, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love her, comfort her, honor and protect her, and forsaking all others, be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? Good answer. Well done. Congratulations. It still holds true. Jenny. Will you give yourself to James to be his wife, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love him, comfort him, honor and protect him, and forsaking all others, be faithful to him as long as you both shall live? Fantastic. Why don't we give these guys a hand this morning? The power vested in me this morning, I now pronounce you to still be married. That is fantastic. Bring back some memory area. Your face is just glowing right now. It's actually, I, I should have made mention that. It's great to have Aaron and Chris back. Got married last weekend. It's absolutely fantastic. When, when I ask a couple to marry them, like when, when I'm sorry, when I marry a couple, that's probably, get my language right, I just got overwhelmed by the moment. When I ask a couple, when I, sorry, when I marry a couple, I read my notes, I finish by asking if they will be faithful to each other as long as they both live. I've never had anyone say no to that. In that moment, it's probably a good thing, right? Will you take it? Nah, change my mind. I'm sure one day it's bound to happen. If I marry enough people, someone's going to do a runner down the aisle. Not if I've done my job properly in the lead up. See, when we choose to love someone, when we believe in them, when we choose to forsake all others, faithfulness is easy. It's impossible to have an affair or abuse our partners at the same time as honouring a vow to love, comfort, honour, Protect and forsake. You can't do both. I can still hear the music. Can we? Oh, is that a phone? Okay, it's all right. I thought Purse was. There we go. When we, for whatever reason, we opt out of that commitment, when we choose to love someone else, faithfulness is destroyed. Because we've lost faith in that person or that relationship. We lose faith that the other person really loves me, that they accept me. We lose faith that this relationship is for life and that we can work through this. We lose faith that we can trust them. We lose faith that they want the very best for us. When we lose faith, faithfulness becomes impossible to maintain. Are you with me this morning? They're linked. I don't think you can have one without the other. This is a picture of how faithfulness works for Christians. Image of James and Jenny standing there. You see, when we love God, when we're committed to him, when we will honour him, 
when we will forsake all others, we will remain faithful to God. And for some people in this room, faithfulness is easy. You've got this nailed. Well done to you. I hope many of you have got this nailed. You've built a life and you've been doing this for a long time and you do love God and, and you have remained faithful to him for many, many, many years. Make sure you keep loving God. Make sure you keep prioritizing a relationship with him. That builds faith and it results in remaining faithful for the long term. Perhaps the role for you is to help others who are struggling in this area to take the next step in building their relationship with God. Perhaps you've got a role to come alongside someone and encourage them when you see them struggling, to put an arm around them, to pray for them, to stand with them in the tough times, to help them through those moments that you went through. But here's the tension, you see, because what about when we don't have a strong faith? What if we're new to this whole journey and we're still trying to discover who God is and and, and can we trust his word and and, and these songs that we sing, what are they really all about? Do Do we understand all of that and can we stand strong in that? Because if we don't have a strong faith, faithfulness becomes much, much harder. Because when... We ask for something or we we try something or we're believing in something and it doesn't happen. Our faith gets rocked and our faithfulness wavers. What about if we're facing a crisis that seems beyond our capacity to handle? Feels like the weight of that thing is more than we can deal with. What if I prayed for something to happen? And it didn't happen. Part of the role of the Holy Spirit is to build faith in our lives. And I want you to listen to this really carefully. God does not cause problems in your life. He does not make you sick. He does not give you financial issues. He is not responsible for mental health issues. God does not cause problems, but he will use them. Each and every one of them is a chance to build faith, to trust God. Every time we experience a breakthrough, each time we see God at work, it builds our faith. And each time our faith is built, faithfulness has a chance to become stronger and stronger. When we have a crisis, it's really easy to look for someone to blame. I've discovered that often that person is God. Even people who don't believe in God are quite happy to blame him when everything goes wrong in their lives. The reality is, if you blame God, you're not wrong. It is God's fault. It's his fault for loving us enough to give us free will. It's our fault for choosing sin. When sin entered the world, death followed and corruption followed. Our bodies decay, they mutate, they don't function well. Death is inevitable. Sometimes it's early, sometimes it's not. Is that God's fault or is that simply life happening as a result of the choices that God gave us? When sin entered the world, people had the capacity for great evil. 
And sometimes evil people do evil things to good people. God has not caused it, but at the most brutal, he has allowed it because he allows life to continue. However, in the midst of all of that, and we all experience this, not a single person in this room has escaped the pain of life. Not a single one of us has missed out on having something go profoundly wrong in our world. And if you have, I am so thankful for that. And may God protect you as much as we can ever pray. Pray that nothing goes wrong in your world. But the reality is, we all experience the brokenness of life. We all experience the pain of suffering. We all experience the profound loss of losing someone we love. In the midst of that, God promises us it will not always be like that. He promises us he has a plan and, he, and that he knows the right time. Often it makes absolutely no sense to me and no sense to you. We want it done differently. We want every person healed, every person protected and fed. I don't know why it happens. I don't know how it does. But I guess that's what faith is. Trusting in God when it doesn't make sense. And that's what a mature Christian will understand. That faith is not about what God does for you. Faith is about God, who God is. It's real quiet in here this morning. It's a tough topic. See, God is our loving Father. He has forgiven us. He has set us free. He has empowered us. And we, when we live with an eternal perspective, I think it changes things because God's ultimate plan is about eternity. It has always been about eternity. This life that we live here and now is about preparation for what comes next. That at the end of our days, no matter how many, that, how big that number is, there is more. And that more is a lot longer than this that we experience here and now. For those that don't know the end of the story, let me give you a spoiler alert this morning. I'm about to read from the end of the book. The book of Revelation is a vision that John, who was a disciple of Jesus, had of the future. It's an unfolding of what will happen when Jesus returns. Of this, The good news for each and every one of us is this. We win. Good timing. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. He will return in glory. That this temporal suffering that we're experiencing now in the fullness of time will be no more. That the brokenness and the pain and the hardness, it's gone. Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 to 4. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. 
He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. (laughs) That's the best spoiler ever. That's why sometimes it pays to read the back of the book to know where things are going in advance because that's how I build faith. That's what my faith is in. That even though I have sickness in my body, the day will come where it is no more. Even though we've experienced death in our family, the day will come where it is no more where he will wipe away every tear. There will be no more pain and no more suffering. Isn't that the best news ever? That's why we're here. There's much better things to do on a Sunday morning than sit in this building unless the stuff we believe is real. And then there's no better place to be because we get to come together and praise the name of Jesus Christ and declare that our faith is in God and that he can do what he says he will do and I can live a faithful life because of that regardless of what happens to me day to day. Faithfulness is faith in its fullness. Does that make a bit more sense to you this morning now? And that's why I have faith in God. Because God is a God of eternity. And while my sufferings on earth may be great, there is an eternity without any. There is an eternity full of the very presence of God. Whether you experience it here and now or there and later, you will receive all that God has promised. It's this side of eternity or the other side of the eternity, but it is assured. Worship team, you can come join me. Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 22 to 23. I love this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. This whole series is premised on the fact that we're supposed to be a reflection of who God is. That the fruit of the Spirit is, is the fruit of the image of who God is. And as we live this transformed life, as we become more like Him and reflect more of Him, we reflect these verses like this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. The faithful love of you and I should never end. Our mercies should never cease. We should reflect that very image of God, that our faithfulness, never ends church let's remain faithful let's be unwavering in our love for God and our trust for him let's not make the mistake of putting our faith in what he can do for us but realize we put our faith in who he is and that he can do what he says he will do and then remain faithful to him regardless of what happens around us And as we journey those tough times, as we go through those struggles and the dark days, God hasn't actually changed. Our experiences here on earth have, but the faithful love 
of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. And some of you may need to stick that on your fridge and on your wall and in front of your TV and on the inside of your glasses. Get it tattooed in the inside of your eyelids if you need to. You need to start declaring that over your life. Great is His faithfulness. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, because I walk by faith and not by sight. And whether it's here and now or there and later one day, my experience will line up with the reality of what God has declared it will be. And I will step into that with a wholehearted, yes and amen, God, I love you. God, I know that many of us in this room are doing it tough. God, we have questions, we have doubts, we, we don't understand why things work out the way they do. We don't always get why it happens the way it does, why some people get healed and others don't. Why, why sometimes miracles happen and other times they don't. Why it seems like bad things always happen to good people. God, we, we, we struggle in our finite minds to process that. But God, today I pray you help us to be people that put our faith in you regardless of all of that. God, to keep our eyes firmly focused on who you are and what you say will be, will be. God, my faith is in who you are. We thank you that this life is not the end of the journey. There is so much more. God, help us to remain faithful to you through the good, the bad, the ugly. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org